Welcome to episode number 15 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing in our series based upon my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Today's episode is entitled Borrowing. Based on my 14 years in banking and 14 years in real estate development, borrowing has made a great impact on my life. As a matter of fact, every week there's someone who calls me or emails me or somewhere or another asks me questions about where can they get a good loan or what lenders can be trusted or where can they get the best rates or who's loaning money for houses or for commercial real estate or for buying a car. It just goes on and on and on. But lending and borrowing is a vital part of America's economy. And it's something that we as Christians, we as believers need to understand how God wants us to deal with the issue of borrowing. So I'd like to start off with a story about a couple that I knew for many, many years, and they were interested in purchasing a home. The couple came to me and said, even though I was pastoring, they said they knew that my background was in finance and borrowing and financing various projects. So this couple asked me where they could find a good loan officer to finance the home that they were buying. I gave them some suggestions. Then I discovered later that they had really terrible credit and that probably would be somewhat difficult for them to get a loan from a regular financial institution. I didn't hear back from them for a long time. As a matter of fact, I think it was about two years before I got a call back. They evidently found someone to loan them money, bought, bought a home, and fixed it up, put a lot of nice things in it, and we thought things were moving along very nicely for them. But all of a sudden, they got a letter in the mail. And the letter said something like this. Your loan has now reached the two-year barrier, and there is a large $25,000 balloon payment due at this time. So please submit that money to us within 30 days, or we will start foreclosure proceedings on your home. You see, what they had done was to go to a lender, a small lender, an individual matter of fact, who loaned them money and they set it up, thought everything was just fine, but didn't really take time to read the document or get someone else to read the document. Now, let me just make a little disclaimer here. I'm not actively loaning money. I am not a lender to bank and I do not uh, finance projects like this. So if you need help in securing a loan, you need to get some good financial assistance. Maybe go to an attorney or go to a friend or go to a good bank. But whoever you go to, please remember to read your documents before you sign them. So anyways, to continue on with this man's story, they basically were in trouble and were going to have to lose their home. So he tried everything he could to get a new loan, tried to figure out a way to get this guy paid, wasn't able to do it, and the gentleman foreclosed. I'm not sure I should have called him a gentleman, but he foreclosed on their house and they were out looking for another place to live. So we sat down and talked about his next decision. What should he do? And the decisions that he had made were certainly incorrect decisions and he hadn't used his God-given ability to understand and to read and to uh, understand exactly what he was getting into. So he went out, bought another house and went through a, a similar project, got himself a loan, but once again didn't call me. And I thought, well, he learned from his first time, so maybe this, he'll, this second time he'll be okay. Well, he wasn't. Same thing happened. Two or three years later went by, 
He called me up and asked the same question. What can I do? How can I get out of this? Evidently, I found another lender, the same type of person. Now there's a big balloon payment due, uh, you know, that I, <laughs> I don't have the money to, to make those pay that payment. And so this guy is threatening to take my house from me. So we found another place to get him another loan. And this time he read the documents. This time he understood there were no, no due, uh, large balloon payments do in case you're not aware what a balloon payment is it's just a large amount of money that's why they call it a balloon it kind of blows up to a large amount that needs to be paid at a certain time uh, sometimes when you get a loan we make the mistake and we borrow money and we don't read about uh, a balloon or we don't read about a prepayment penalty on a loan so we've got to be careful and use caution so the third time around was the charm for him and they bought a house fix it up very nicely. And from the last I heard from them, they're doing well, making their payments and really happy that they did learn from their past mistakes. In my personal opinion, and it's very personal opinion, borrowing money is taking taken far too casually today. It's so easy. We can just go out and get in debt as much as we want. I, I remember when my mama was like 90 years old, she passed away when she was 95. Here she was 90 years old and getting her mail. And she was receiving offers in the mail from credit card companies that uh, would op they would open up a credit card account for her and give her a $25,000 or $30,000 balance uh, that she could borrow on to charge all that she wanted to charge. She was living on her social security check of $1,200 a month, but somehow that didn't seem to matter to them. They just wanted to find a way to get her in debt. So, you know, we know banks and other types of lending institutions, they, they spend incredible amounts of money to keep all of us in debt. You've all seen, and I know I get them in the mail just about every day, offers from credit card companies for 0% for a year uh, with an opportunity to transfer all of our debt, you know, on a card and to, to do things that basically don't make a whole lot of sense, but it's a way to get you in to borrow money from them because they're hoping that when you transfer your dollars from one loan to another loan, that you won't be able to pay them off in that one year that they're giving you for zero interest. And then you'll move into their plan of 16 or 18 or 20 or 25% interest. So it's dangerous. It's something you need to be very careful of. So let's learn today a little bit about the safe way to borrow money and what God's word tells us about borrowing money from individuals. In Proverbs 22.7, the New King James Version reads this way, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, I don't want to be a servant to some lender and I don't want you to be one either. But that happens to us sometimes when we get ourselves either over obligated or we borrow money we really can't afford to make the payments on, get ourselves overloaded in debt and then we do become a servant to them because they then can dictate the ways that we have to pay them back. They can literally file a garnishment against your wages. They can get a court order against you. They can force us into bankruptcy, cause a lot of grief for individuals. So let's not let that happen in our, ha in our life. And let's learn the good things in borrowing and the things in borrowing we need to absolutely stay away from. 
I've prepared a list of questions that people ask me all the time in reference to money, borrowing, and ways to get out of debt. And that, of course, is our goal in this teaching is to get out of debt. The, the, the teaching I have placed in my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living is a step-by-step step process where you can understand that you can be debt-free and you can get that book. I'll talk about it later at the end of this podcast. Question number one, though. Is a loan consolidation good or bad? Now, let me ask you a couple questions. Is the interest rate of the consolidated loan better than the interest rate on the individual loan that you have? Now, if that's true, then it may be okay to consolidate. But but there's a there's some interesting points we need to think about. A consolidation loan must have a goal of getting us out of debt. And a consolidation loan should never increase the amount of debt that you have. Many consolidation loans will take all your loans, put them into one, and then ask you how much more money you'd like to have. And if you have a house, they'd like to consolidate that loan and put a lien against your property and then offer you more and more money. What you basically do is getting yourself in debt deeper and deeper and deeper, and you're not on the right steps to becoming debt-free. So let's be very careful about obtaining consolidation loans. Another thing to look for in loan consolidations is are the payments on the consolidation loan for a longer period of time than on your existing loan. You may have loans that are going to be paid off in three or four or five or six years, but get a consolidation loan that maybe has a 10 or 15 year maturity date and you're going to be paying for a much longer period of time. The goal now, don't ever forget this, the goal is to get out of debt and not to just keep extending it and extending it to where it never gets paid off. You may not be aware of this, but if you have a credit card and you make the minimum payment, I wonder if those are out there, those of you who are out there may under, may understand that if you make the very minimum payment they ask for on a credit card, how long does it take to pay the loan off? And it's been estimated that it can go between 20 and 25 years before that credit card is paid off if you just make the basic minimum payment they request. All right, let's move on. Are you consolidating to get more money so you can spend more? If that's the case, don't consolidate because it's dangerous just continue to spend and spend and spend and not have a game plan to get out of debt. Now, if you consolidate your loan, and you, you need to do this. At least this is what I'd like to see. If you have a number of payments, let's say they're a total $1,000, you do a consolidation and the guy tells you, well, with this new consolidation, your payment's only going to be $600. I'd like to see you continue to pay the 1000 you were paying before or maybe something less than that, but basically you're, you're going to make a payment so that you can pay the loan off faster. If you if you were paying a thousand and they want to drop you to six hundred, maybe you can figure out a way to pay seven or eight hundred dollars a month and be in a position to reduce your debt in a much faster pace. By the way, a little side comment here. And unless you're operating on a budget and you know how much you spend each month over the course of a year, you really don't know if a consolidation loan will be beneficial to you. Now think about that. Unless you know exactly what it costs you to live every month, and that's over over a period of an entire year. I, I had a section on budgeting. I'm not gonna go back there, but you know need to know what your monthly expenses are, what the bills are, in order to be able to make a wise decision on whether consolidation loan is good for you or not. And the last comment on this, on the consolidation loan is, if at all possible, avoid a consolidation loan if you're required to use your home as collateral. You know, we need to protect our home. And, and this, 
It's a very important issue for married couples especially. We have a tendency to think that the home is something that we can just kind of use in any way that we want to. But for married couples, let me just tell you this. Most women look at their home as security. And if we pledge the security that we provided for her, someday we may wind up losing that security and losing the trust that our wife would have for us. So to wrap this up, just avoid, if at all possible, any type of consolidation loan if you're required to use your home as a source of collateral. Question number two that I get asked a lot is, are low interest rates for a limited time credit card offer a good deal? Well, the answer really is, is kind of yes and no, but let's take the yes part first. Yes, if you don't increase your credit limit or borrow more money. So be, be careful now to see what happens when the limited time offer is over. If you look at it, I'm telling you, most of the time that zero interest will jump up to 22, 25% very, very quickly. So what will the new interest rate be? And if that interest rate is going to be really, really high, then do everything that you can to get that thing paid off in the, the 0% time period they have. Now, if, that, if you're unable to get it paid off in that period of time, then seek another credit card offer where they give you 0% interest and then use that for a year until you continue to pay and eventually you can get the credit card paid off. Now remember, when you get a 0% offer, there's usually a transfer fee of some type. Look for it, read it, look, look in the fine print and find it. It's probably gonna be at least a three or 4% fee they're gonna charge you. But still, 3% over the course of a year is a lot better than paying 20 or 22 or 25% uh, interest on a credit card that you have. So be careful when you look at those and just don't increase the amount of debt that you have. Another type of question I get is when people are trying to obtain a new mortgage loan. So I want you to be very careful that you understand the cost of your loan. You, we need to seek help in selecting your lender and make sure that you check with the Better Business Bureau or your state's banking regulator for obtaining a loan because there's a lot of lenders out there and a lot of good ones, but there's some that are charging excessive fees. One type of fee is when you talk to a lender and they want to do an application, and they ask you to put money up front, like $500 or $1,000 or something, I don't believe you should ever put money up front when you're making an application for a mortgage loan. Now, sometimes they'll ask you to pay for an appraisal, but then that's that does make sense. But get some good direction advice. And if you really want to get some legal counsel, then certainly you certainly should do that. But usually starting with a good name brand lender and understand that it's a process, it's going to take time and talk to someone else maybe who just got a loan and see what their experience was because there's just so many people out there who are beating a path to your door to make a mortgage loan on your home. Never forget that the Bible tells us that there's certainly wisdom in seeking counsel. So that's very important. I keep bringing that up, but it's crucial that you deal with someone that's reputable and that you get references and make sure that you don't get yourself caught up in something terrible like the gentleman that I talked about at the beginning of this episode. There's something out there called a no-cost loan. That, that question will come up to me and they'll say, is there, is there really such a thing as a no-cost loan? Well, you know, in, all, in reality, there really isn't anything as a no-cost loan because every loan, you're going to pay for it. You're either going to pay for it in your interest rate, you're going to pay for it in other fees, but they try to tell you that the no-cost loan means that you won't have to pay title fees or, or appraisal fees or escrow fees or all those types of things. And 
And, and what they do is they pay for those. But remember, you're going to be paying an interest rate when you get a loan. And the interest rate on that loan is taking care of all the costs related to commissions to the broker and fees paid to a title company. So one way or another, you're paying the fees. So your focus is what's the lowest rate that I can get and just work on that premise and make sure that you don't wind up getting a, a rate that's higher than what the competition should be. And there's a lot of competition out there for mortgage loans. After your loan's approved and you're set up to maybe go to a title company or if you're in a state somewhere where attorneys take care of this, and that is common in a lot of states, but in Arizona where we are, it's not necessary to hire an attorney to get a, a mortgage loan on your house or even to sell a house. But I'd like to kind of give you a word of caution. When you go to sign your papers, your documents for your loan, a title company will probably call you or a lender, someone will call you and they'll ask you to set up an appointment to come in and sign, you know, like 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 different pieces of paper that they're going to ask you to sign in a period of maybe 30 minutes. Now, I don't know anybody out there that can sit and read 50, 60 pages of, of documents in 30 minutes, understand them all, get it all taken care of and be very comfortable with it unless you're an attorney or a lender or someone that's been around in business for a long, long time. So when signing your documents, be sure to read them first. Now that may seem pretty, pretty basic, but in reality, most people do not sign the documents that they read. Once again, referring to the story I had at the beginning of this episode where the, the couple I knew went in to get a loan, they didn't read their documents. They just looked at their interest rates, said, I guess it's fine, signed everything, and then found out two years later, there was a terrible balloon payment. And that payment was due, and there was no way they could get around it. So they wound up losing their house over it. So read your documents. And if you don't understand what you're reading, then get some help and go through the, the process. Recently, let me give you an example. Recently, when I was borrowing money to, to buy a home, I called the bank and I asked them if they could please send me the loan papers a few days in advance of the loan closing so I could actually read them. The loan officer said, excuse me? He said, you intend to read them all? And I said, well, yeah, I'd like to know what I'm signing. I'd like to know what you're saying in there and be sure that everything is in there that I want and there isn't things in there that I don't want. And he said, well, I've, I've never had that request. He'd been doing loans for years and he had honestly never had anybody request that they be given a couple of days to look over the documents and actually read them. Or a title company many times will get the documents in and the same situation will happen. But I always want to have at least 24 to 48 hours ahead of time to look over the documents and make sure they're correct. Well, in this one particular case, as I went through the documents and I read them, uh, this uh, person I was turned over to, she said, well, nobody reads this stuff, but if you need the time, then go ahead. So I, I looked through them and I read everything and and, and I took the time to be careful to look at each item, things like, you know, balloon payments or things like prepayment penalty fees or additional fees that may have been undisclosed to me previously. As I went through the documents on this one loan, I found more than $2,000 in charges that I was able to get removed from my upfront costs on that loan. Now that was just one loan and one transaction. I'm not saying that they're trying to hide it. I'm not saying that they're being dishonest, but honestly, we should read what we're about to sign. And most people don't have the understanding they, they need to know what they're signing. So you might wanna seek some good help from a reliable source. Allow me to give you a little advice that has worked well for my wife and I over the years. Let me suggest that when we 
are seeking a loan that we just pray and ask God to help us obtain, you know, maybe we want a car or a home or something, and we're going to need to borrow some money. We need to pray about it. We need to get together and be in agreement and ask the Lord to help us. A lot of times when people will come to me, they'll say, you know, I, I wanted to borrow money. I went to a lender and I got turned down. Went to another lender and I got turned down. So then I went to a, an individual and he decided he would do it for me, but there's going to be a lot of fees and I'm so frustrated and I don't understand and why isn't God helping me and why isn't he making this thing happen and doesn't he want to bless me and doesn't he want me to have a nice car or to have a nice house? You know, God wants us to be blessed and God wants us to have a nice home and a nice home. But sometimes when you get told no over and over again, maybe we should accept the no. Maybe we don't need to buy that house. Maybe we don't need to borrow money from that individual. So let's not force the issue. We, there's an old slogan that I used to use. If I, don't, if I can't get my own way, I'll just knock the door down and get it done myself and just make it happen. Well, that's terrible. That's a terrible way to think about things. We need to stop and seek the Lord for his advice and his direction. You might ask, well, how do you know that the Lord will respond to you? And, and how do you know it's him talking and, and not just someone who's giving you a difficult time? Well, we have something that we're supposed to have in our life as Christians, and it's called peace. The Lord promised us that he gives us the peace of God that passes all understanding, and it would guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. If you don't have peace about buying a home, I think you should hold off. If you don't have peace about buying a car, I think you should hold off. Because the way the Holy Spirit, I believe, speaks to us is to give us peace. We know the devil, we know the adversary out there doesn't want to give us peace. He doesn't want us to be happy and peaceful and filled with joy. He causes us confusion. He's out there to kill and destroy and, and, and take people out, so to speak. So when you're looking for a loan and wanting to borrow money and you're having a very difficult time, it could just simply be a spiritual issue that you need just get alone with God and ask, Lord, is this something you want me to do? And I'll respond to you, Lord, when I receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. This might be a good time to just ask this question of you. Is borrowing a bad thing? Do you look at borrowing money as something that's evil and terrible? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that make statements like, well, I think borrowing's of the devil, or I believe that it's wrong for a church to borrow money. Or they, they've got all these preconceived ideas why borrowing is always a negative thing and never a proper thing to do. Well, I don't agree with that. I think borrowing can be good and it can also be very difficult and very bad. But, but let's, let's look at the things that are out there that borrowing has, has blessed. For example, most of us would not be living in the home that we have or have had in the past without borrowing some money to get one. Uh, many, many hospitals would never have been built had banks and institutions not stood up and made loans to build those, house, those, those hospitals. And the same thing goes for churches. I know when we set up our church, we had some money, we had some cash to get the land and the Lord blessed us and we were able to pay cash for our property, but then we needed a lot of money to build the facilities that we needed. So I had to go to a bank. I went to the board, church board and talked to them and said, we're gonna need to borrow some money because we don't have the cash to do it and the people in the church have not been able to come up with the funds or at least not been willing to come up with the funds to pay cash for everything. So if we want to have a church and expand in our community and, and reach out and meet more and more people, then we're going to need to borrow some money. And they were in total agreement, had no problem with it. So I, I went to a bank 
And when I walked through the door, this is a great story. When I walked through the door, I was a little nervous because we're, you know, we're a church and our church had only been around for a few years and I'm going in there trying to figure out a way to borrow between six and seven million dollars just to build these new facilities. And our church had only been around about five or six years at the time. So I walked up to the president of the bank because it was a small bank and you actually walked in, you saw the president of the bank. You don't get to see that much anymore, but I had met the president of the bank. And I sat down with her and talked to her and she said, well, I really don't make the decisions on the lending. We have a senior credit officer who can make those decisions. And so if you can convince him to loan you the money, then we'll be very happy to do that. So you'll need to meet him. So I said, well, I'd like to do that. She said, well, he's here. Why don't we just walk down the hallway and talk to him? So up we stood and walked down the hallway and I thought, Lord, I really need your help here because it's a little hard to borrow money. A lot of banks don't like to loan money to churches because they figure, how are we ever gonna collect our money? Are we gonna throw the people out? Are we gonna foreclose on the church? And they just don't like to do that. So I'm walking down the hallway and all of a sudden I got this wonderful peace that kind of came over me. I believe the Holy Spirit guided me and told me, everything's gonna work out fine and I'm gonna take care of you. So I walked down the hall and the president of the bank, she says, I'd like you to meet our senior loan officer. And I looked in this man's office as I walked through his door and I said, Mike, is that you? Now, that's not his real name because I don't think I should give his real name out. But I said, is that you? And he said, "Uh, David, yeah. I said, well, I'm pastoring a church now. And he said, you know, I heard that. I'm really happy about that. And I said, well, we need to borrow some money to build some facilities. We have our land. We've paid for it. It's all paid for. And we'd like to build this beautiful facility because the one we have, we've, we've outgrown and we just need to expand to, to make an impact on our community. So he said, well, let's sit down. So we closed the door and I, we got to talking. Well, this gentleman and I had been friends for over 35 years. We worked together at the bank for many, many years. As a matter of fact, my wife introduced him to one of her best friends and he wound up marrying this lady. So I had an amazing relationship with him. We sat down and I said, we need to borrow this money. And I I said, isn't this amazing that God ordained this? And he wasn't a Christian, so he wasn't really sure what I meant by that. So I explained what I meant by that. And so we got to talking and after a while he said, you know, in all honesty, we don't generally like to make church loans, but I really believe he said that uh, I, that the church you know, deserves to, to get some credit here and, and we're gonna go ahead and make this loan. Now, I mean the conversation lasted an hour and in one hour's time, the senior credit man for the entire bank who had the authority to make loans to that dollar amount basically said, if it sounds good to me, I wanna do it, let's go ahead and make that loan. So see, God provided. Now before that meeting, our church prayed for favor with the bank. And I believe in that. I believe if you're going to go get a loan, then you should pray that you'll have favor and God can give us favor. So it's a great story. It's a true story. And that gentleman and I were friends for many, many years. He's since gone on to be with the Lord. And I thank the Lord that I was able to share my faith with him. And I believe he accepted Christ before he went into eternity. So we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think according to the power that he's placed inside of us. So if you're going out there to look for money, pray first, seek God's direction, get good advice, make good decisions, and you will not get yourself in trouble when you go out to borrow money. One nice thing I haven't mentioned yet 
that can happen when we borrow. And that's the day that we're able to pay off the loan. Now that may seem kind of corny, but in reality, you get blessed when you borrow the money, but then you even get a greater blessing when it's paid off. When we pay off a loan, a mortgage on our home, or when the church loan was paid off, we, we experience freedom, a freedom from debt. And it's just a wonderful and fulfilling experience. So I pray that'll happen in your life. And I believe that God wants us to be debt free. So let me pray for you as we close this episode out. Lord, help us to start taking the necessary steps to be debt free. We desire to have all of our debt paid off, including our home. Lord, we know that borrowing can be something good and useful, yet borrowing without knowledge can be destructive. May we learn from your instructions in Proverbs chapter three concerning borrowing and debt. Help us, Lord, to be open to seek help prior to signing any loan documents. Your word tells us to seek wise counsel in every area of life. Holy Spirit, help us not to be ashamed of asking questions about every type of borrowing. Our desire is to live debt-free. Help us, Lord, to achieve this desire. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. The next one coming up is entitled Discipline in Our Finances. Now don't turn that one off because remember the Word of God says that God loves those that He disciplines and He disciplines us so that we will benefit. One translation even says we will profit from His discipline. So I'd like to remind you that my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com is where you can pick up my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.